0: Welcome to the Plus 6 Podcast. My name is Pete and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. This is a solo podcast. Here are some of my thoughts on the season ahead. Looking at the opening Amy Series game, I would have thought coaches watching that fast-paced game would have been quite alarmed. There is no way any coach wants to play that type of footy for a full four quarters over a 22-game home-and-away season. For every action, there is a reaction. I expect coaches want control back. They also want a healthy list. I expect the contested side of the game to regress just a little, while the uncontested side of the game to increase. To what extent, we shall see. Okay, which players does that benefit? My initial thoughts are halfback types and midfield types that can find an extra yard to be open for uncontested marks the in and under type midfielder may regress just a touch with less contested footy with the player on the mark rule uncontested marks should increase with efficient ball movement inside 50 marks may also increase the long bomb into the forward 50 should regress just a touch, I believe. Okay, which players does that benefit? Those line-breaking half-pack types. Players that can efficiently hit targets are likely to be placed in the corridor and see more opportunities. The kick-in rule. Teams may look to clear the defensive 50 line each time. The ball on a long kick-in will likely be landing at the midway point of the ground. Kicking in short to a target is just inviting opposition pressure and zones. So again, halfback types and those midfielders that have good endurance that can extend their game at a high quality for a full four quarters. And again, coaches I think won't want to play a fast-paced game for an entire home and away season, which potentially could slow down the game to a possession type kick to mark, which increases the plus six opportunities, which is kind of good for fantasy. Okay, as always, if you retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter, you have a chance to score a plus six podcast cap. The next retweet giveaway will be just before the home and away season commences, which is this week. Also, if you have not been following AFR Ratings Twitter accounts, you are likely behind your opponents already. Jump on and follow. All I ask in return for the content are likes and retweets. Additionally, the fantasy content is still flying on aflratings.com.au. There are plenty of articles up right now to assist you completing your Round 1 team. Remember, this podcast is focused on AFL Fantasy Classic overall ranking. This podcast is being recorded on Saturday night, March 13, East Coast time in Australia. Please adjust when news comes to hand. Okay, on to requested plays. Thanks for all the replies. Just going to give you a couple of comments on each of those. Sam Draper, for me, not too sure. This Has he developed uh, quite a big deal over the preseason into his pretty much his second year? Um, I just don't trust it. I did look at it. I just don't trust it. He's cheap. But for me, it's just, you know, we need a little bit of stability potentially in the ruck situation this year with other rookies coming in. So I think that's one situation you can avoid potentially. uh, There is upside there, but I just don't trust at this stage. Jack Higgins, he's going to play pretty much the similar role to what he did at Richmond. I think he'll have his good days, but on some days he might have a low points floor. For me, in AFL Fantasy Classic, that's an avoid. Changut Jeff CJ at the Hawks, did some nice things in the Amy Community Series game against the Kangaroos. His intercept marks were quite high, so I think there is upside on his starting salary at round one. It's just whether you want to lock him in for a bit of a long journey to begin the season. So there is an option there. There's a little bit of an upside there as well. Jack Sinclair has played a little bit off halfback in the preseason. Did see some centre-bounce usage in the Amy Community Series game. Uh, can rake up the fantasy scores, that's for sure. Uh, so again, along the same lines as Jack Higgins, what happens when Henry comes back in, Zach Jones comes back in, you know, I still think if he plays at a half-back role, there is definitely some upside there. It's just whether you want to roll with someone that hasn't done it really that much in the past. But I think there is a chance there that he does go off this year. Razio Fantasia. Port Adelaide uh, pretty much have a a decent draw to begin the season. And Fantasia will play that half-forward role at the power. Now, if they can hit the scoreboard, and pretty much what they did in the first half against the... Crows in the Amy Community Series game, uh, his score started to rack up. He's had his injury issues, so that's something to keep in mind. But based on his round one starting salary, there is plenty of upside potential right there. Jordan Ridley, uh, he's going to be in that same role as he did last year, intercepting floating defender for the Bombers. I think the Bombers are going to be under a little bit of pressure This year from opposition teams, so that could see a lot of opportunities head his way. Uh, It's definitely an option, Uh, It's just what type of ceiling or consistent average that he can put up for the season. So uh, there is an option there, and I do think you'll see a lot of opportunities at Essendon this year. Jack Silvani, pretty much going to be playing that inside marking tall for the Blues, half forward type role. I don't think there's that much there in Silvani, so for me that's a pass. Brody Grundy, I think there is an upside on his starting salary at round one. Um, I think he'll be quite popular amongst highly ranked coaches uh, if you were not playing the low ruck game to start the season. Uh, for me, there's upside there, and I think he's a good start for round one if you want to go down that path. Will Brody has done some nice things in the Suns midfield. Over the preseason, hopefully he gets an opportunity into that best 22. I think there's genuine upside on his starting salary at round one. So that might be one where we have to wait until teams, um, if he's locked in there, that best 22 for a long period of time, I think he's going to see a decent amount of cash generation and the scores hopefully will come along with that as well. Sam Walsh, I did tweet out this week that um, I'm taking a pass on Sam Walsh. I still think he'll be pretty solid this year. I think there is upside potential on his starting salary, but for me, high ownership and on the AFL Fantasy website, it doesn't represent that at this stage. We know the ownership on the AFL Fantasy website doesn't reflect what highly ranked coaches will do until the season starts. So I think it's going to be high. I think we could probably see uh, fifty to sixty percent plus. At round one, uh, with no Zach Williams in round one as well, I think he might uh, bust out for a huge score. So that's something to take into consideration there as well, that he could see a decent salary increase early in the year. And then we'll actually get a look, uh, because you would expect that if he busts out a big score in round one, you would expect that highly ranked coaches after round one would be owning Sam Walsh. And then we will get a fair reflection of what that ownership looks like there as well. Ed Kono is still in that centre-bounce mix. He was used at a high rate in that second half against uh, St Kilda in the Amy Community Series. But again, Zach Williams is out of that team round one. We'll see how that plays out when Williams comes back into that team at round two onwards. Carlton a high disposal type team. And I think there's just enough here there for me to take a pass and look elsewhere. Hunter Clark will be looked at through the midfield for the Saints this year. And again, you've got the Zach Jones, Dan Hanenbury, and others coming back into that midfield. So how does that look when they all return? And then if he pushes back to more of a half-back role, what does that do to Sinclair? So there's a lot of moving parts at the Saints, so you just need to be aware of that. And obviously that impacts back to Jack Higgins as well. So again, a lot of moving parts at the Saints. I think Clark's solid. I think he can score from a fantasy perspective there. So there is an option there, but again, a lot of moving parts. So that potentially uh, increases the volatility there. Early in the year, or when those players do return, another player that I had sort of ignored for a while, but uh, has had a very, very good preseason, is Oli Wans for Port Adelaide. Now we know Port Adelaide are a high disposal type team, uh, with Sam Powell Pepper out of that lineup to start the season, with Connor Rosie out of that midfield to start the season. Uh, we've got Travis Boak and. Uh, Tom Rockliffe, I think he should be in that team at round one and didn't start that first half against Adelaide, so he should come in there. But Ollie Wines, he could be the one. Uh, If he is put in that corridor when teams move through the ball, he could see some extra plus six opportunities. There was one player here, certainly that I wasn't looking at a few weeks ago, but I am actually eyeing off. Uh, Again, Port Adelaide, high disposable top team. And I think there's an opportunity there. Is he already priced into his salary and what sort of ceiling he can hit. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see, but I do think there's an opportunity right there. Jimmy Webster, again, uh, at the Saints, a lot of moving parts. So uh, for me, it's just a pass for right now. On Webster, Jordan degoey likely to see uh, an increase in midfield usage at Collingwood this year. Uh, we know Sidebottom's going to miss round one for the Magpies. Well, he's likely to at least anyway. And no Adam Trelaw this year and you've got to think that Goey is going to be placed in that midfield role. He'll play the same role as Dustin Martin, so there could be a lot of high centre-bounce usage, and he can actually impact in clearances there as well. So there is an opportunity there to start him forward. Uh, It's certainly one player that I'm looking at. Joy Caldwell for the Bombers. Now, he's moved from the Giants in the off-season, and he's going to get a fair amount of midfield usage this season. Now, from what we did see in that Amy Community Series game, uh, his turnover rate wasn't especially high, but that's not to say that it's going to be anywhere low throughout the season. I think he'll chug along, but it's uh, some concern for me what his actual ceiling could be. On to Stephen Cornelio. If you liked a narrative point of view, uh, Cornelio had a poor season last year, so he'll be hell-bent on putting up a decent 2021 season. Uh, We know he has a huge ceiling, so there is a player that you should be looking at for sure. Andrew McPherson for the Crows. Uh, Key defender type role. Uh, Is he gonna play that intercepting type role? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, I just think there's too much volatility there to consider McPherson this year. Nick Hine for the Bombers did have a shoulder injury or concern in that Amy community series game. He looks likely to be available for round one. And with the Bombers potentially absorbing plenty of inside 50s this year, uh, you'd think that if Hind is in that best 22, he should see plenty of opportunities there. It's one player that I have had a look at and an eye on over the preseason. It's just whether you want to take the risk and, and chuck in a mid-pricer where there could be better opportunities elsewhere. Ben McAvoy um, has played a little bit in a ruck in the preseason, which is great to see out of his defensive role. He's going to be switch hitting with John Segler at a ruck forward position this year. Anyway, that's the plan to start off the season for the Hawks. Uh, McAvoy did say in the preseason that he wasn't prepared, or he's not really at the age where he can take on a full season. At the number one ruck spot for the Hawks. So that is something to definitely keep in mind for those looking to start make a void in defense. So could be a, a little bit of volatility. And if the Hawks are going to struggle to score this year, if they're going to struggle to put up some wins, sitting forward might not be an ideal position for a resting ruck at the Hawks. Okay, onto Ben Cunnington was in concussion protocol should come back into that Kangaroos team when he's available. Um, he's potentially going to spend some time forward there as well. Uh, he is a very good contestant, Mark Ford, and the Kangaroos are lacking forward, key forward options this year. So, And not only that, they've got an evolving midfield in there as well. And they went to the draft and selected midfielders. So you would think over the course of the season that the Kangaroos are going to give plenty of opportunities to their young brigade and, play, and that's like Simpkin and Phillips and Powell. So that could actually push Cunnington forward there as well at some stages throughout games. Matt Rail, uh, the ownership sort of dropped off a little bit uh, from what I can see. Uh, people aren't seeing those high scores of what we did see over a three-game period last year. So um, plenty may have dropped off. Uh, So that might be an opportunity to jump back on. So he's going to be used at a high rate through that midfield. So again, if you can think he can hit those high ceiling numbers, as he did early in his career last year, then that might be an opportunity to to jump back on. Jaden Short, I'm big on Short this year. Uh, I think Hawley is coming towards the end of his career. He's got soft tissue injuries again. Uh, short should see plenty of opportunities early in the season to be that main guy coming out of the fence and kick-ins etc so uh, I think we're going to see some high ceiling games from short this year and as I said earlier to start off the podcast I think if if we're looking at sort of a halfback types there um, short is right in that mix to be one of those players that could go off this year Darcy Parrish, he's going into the midfield at a higher rate this year, he still plays some forward type as his secondary role, but he'll be into that midfield at the bottom this year, I think he'll increase on his scores from last year, so that's one player to keep an eye on for sure. Willem Drew for Port Adelaide, so if he does get an opportunity there, there is some upside based on his round one starting salary, it's just for me, it's just, you know, how much do you want to invest in when there are other opportunities at a better price and how secure is his role when you know when we're going into rounds one two three and we need him to play you know where does he stand when some players potentially come back to into that team sam doherty almost the forgotten player in the half back line this year in fantasy so again those halfback types and Doherty is going to be that distributing type player out of defense halfback role Uh, so he's going to be in a prime scoring position for fantasy this year Uh, I think there's some upside based on his salary uh, to start round one so there's one player that you might want to look at I know I've been high on Carlton moving the ball quite efficiently from defensive fifty uh, through like Adams hard types and line breaking type players into their forward fifteen. That's the way they do want to play, but I think there's a, enough opportunities there. Onto Tom Atkins, he has moved to a defensive role at the Cats. He'll be that line breaking type player. Uh, he comes in at mid price there, so whether you want to risk that coin on a mid pricer, that's fine. I do think there is upside in his salary. Cora and Hayden for the Kangaroos. Again, he's a hard nut. Uh, he might see some opportunities in, in that midfield. But again, we've got Cunnington, Dumont, and other other options that come back into that midfield. Where does he stand? What type of role does he play? Uh, so for me, it's a hard pass there on Hayden. Liam Baker. He does play a lockdown role, so for me, he's not going to be that loose type, so he's going to have to match up on an opponent first, first and foremost, and then look for the ball if there is an opportunity. So for me, those type of players that play that lockdown role, it's a straight avoid in defense. We want the loose type players that are just looking for that ball straight up with their teammates guarding their uh, opponents. So for me, there, that is a pass. Max Gorn, uh, we know Jackson's going to play some ruck this year. I don't think it'll impacts Gorn too much. The one thing I'll say about Gorn is I've been high on is he, is at a monster salary at round one. So I do think we'll see a slide in salary at some stage throughout the season. So it's just whether you want to play the salary type game and hopefully at the time his salary does drop, which I believe that will be the case, that you can make the upgrade to him. I still think it's going to be very viable and pretty much the 1-2 Grundy and Gorn combination there. Connor Aydin the Giants have been playing in defence there at the Giants over the preseason, so that's one player to look at. He's low enough salary that if he's named round one and there are not too many other options at a really low salary that you can look for him. I don't think he'll turn over at a high rate, but there's and certainly cash to be made there. Rory Sloan, starting at a very good salary, I think is an option there. The Crows were a high-disposal team to end the season last year, so that might be one player you might want to look at uh, coming off those premium top options. And we know he has a ceiling... There when he gets going. Lockie Shaw for the Crows as well. Um, There's one player that actually I had in my team over the preseason and I have removed him um, based on what I have seen over some practice matches and also the Amy Community Series game. So if he is playing that wing-type role and not that half-back-type role. I think his scores are going to be volatile. So for me, I wanted to see him the half-back-type role, but I'm not too sure if that's going to be the case. So if Nick's, Matthew Nix wants to put him up onto a wing, uh, that's a pass for me. Tom Stewart for Geelong. Uh, I think he's going to be quite solid this year. Again, he's going to be playing that loose-floating intercept defender for the Cats. Uh, got him projected for 95. Might be a little bit unders, that's fine. I think he still should be quality and yeah he's in with a chance of that top six uh defender spot no doubt about it uh, it's just for me i got him in 95 which is just a touch below uh, but yeah he's right in the mix there so if you want to go down that track that's more than fine there as well on to port adelaide we've got zach butters i do have him projected uh into the 80s and potentially could we could see 90s so if he's going into that midfield role at an increased rate i think there are some opportunities there um I did like what I've seen from him in their final series and late stages of last season in contested situations, so I think that's something to to keep an eye on there. So it's just a matter of how much you can see him averaging this season and if you want to pull the trigger on his price tag to start the season. Oleg Markov uh, looked at his ownership on AFL Fantasy just before I started recording his podcast, and it's very low. I think if his name ran one, I think that ownership from highly ranked coaches is going to be super high. Um, We did see him in the AME Community Series start to put up some really big numbers. And again, if he's named Round 1, which I think it should be, I think he's pretty much a smash play to be in there in your team at Round 1. Caleb Daniel, again, like that that halfback, he'll be taking kick-ins for the Bulldogs. Um, He'll be distributing with his efficient foot skills at a defence. So I think that's a play that you want to uh, target there at Round 1. And with the Bulldogs playing uh, quite a handful of games in the opening half of their season, uh, under the roof, Caleb Daniel is a very good fantasy prospect, that's for sure. On to Gold Coast, we've got Jared Witts. Uh, he's got a built-in points floor with his hitouts, and he does rank highly in that uh, category. I think he's got plenty of upside based on his round one starting salary. So it's certainly one player that you can look at to start in your round one team. I have no problems if you are starting with wits. He's fully fit. There's no there's no competition for his spot. I think there are plenty of ticks in starting wits at round one if you are jumping off the premium type rucks to start the year. Caleb's wrong. We know he missed the Amy Community Series game. Uh, that was just from a low management point of view. He'll be in that starting midfield for Fremantle. I don't have any concerns if you want to start. Calabas are wrong in that midfield. I think he's got upside based on his round one starting salary, and and again, it's just you know there were plenty of options around his price tag. If you want to go down that path, that is more than fine. Jack McRae, he's starting at a high salary to start the season. Uh, what we did see from McRae last week. In the amy community series game against melbourne which again was largely uncontested there wasn't that much pressure and he just went off so if you think and i expect the bulldogs to be a high disposal top team this year so if that's the case you know jack mcrae's definitely an option there as well and i'll just follow that on with jock josh dunkley if he's in that midfield as well at worst number four rank for center bounces I think he's going to pop off this year. So like I said with Jeppa there a few weeks ago on the plus six pod, I think uh, you're all in on or all out on the Bulldogs. I think uh, if you're going to take McRae, I think you might want to take another one there along for the ride. So if there can be some, if McRae goes off for a big score, there's the potential that you're going to get another playoff go for a big score. And again, the Bulldogs are going to be a high disposal top team. And I think he's definitely an option, but he's going to come with a high price tag to start the season. And it's just, it's another one from McRae. He becomes a captain option there as well uh, for early in the season when you are thin on premiums. Okay, thanks for all those replies. That was fantastic. Um, kept them coming through. Again, retweeting for a chance to win a plus six podcast cap. This season, I'll add this type of podcast to a Tuesday morning uh, release uh, throughout the home and away season. And Jeppa and I will record on Tuesday night for a Wednesday morning release. Okay, that's it for episode 66. Thanks for tuning in.